Gossip at the Corpse Cart contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to this month's Gossip at the Corpse Cart, brought to you by the Wine and Crime Gals. My name is Lucy. Wow. wow. What is happening? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, my name is Canyon. Uh, <laughs> my name is Amanda. I feel like maybe some. Are you in trouble? Like, blink yeah. twice. <laughs> Is someone in the room with you? Are you trying to send us some sort of signal? Mm -hmm. Dan Mm -hmm. Rather has died and his ghost has entered my body. Oh, Oh, God. God. Just Can you imagine the sex if you were all of a sudden (laughs) inhabited with the ghost of Dan Dan Rather? Rather, It would be quite tame, would be my guess. Or maybe very freaky. Isn't that kind of old and like uptight? I I don't know. I feel like when you get older, you're open to more things. Mm. Mm, Your could be open to more things. Mm-hmm. You get a little looser, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, so Gossip at the <laughs> Corpse Cart, if you're not aware, is our sort of little spinoff where we just talk about like weird shit that you're probably already seeing in your Facebook news feed. So yep. mm-hmm. it's, fair. it's fair it enough. Is, it, it, it is what's going through our minds at every moment of the day as we look at our phones for every moment of the day. Yep. And then we get together yep. here and talk about how crazy this shit is. So let's kick mm-hmm. it right on off, right mm-hmm. on down, right on off. Kick, kick that can right <laughs> on kick down him, the kick, lane. Kicking. Toss that hot dog down that hallway. Hallway. <laughs> <laughs> kicking it over to Amanda for some zany headlines of the past uh, month. I've got some doozies this week. So, Full transparency, we haven't recorded a GAC for a while because the last one we recorded was to get ahead of Kenyon moving. Mm -hmm. So I had so (laughs) fucking many. I had like 1,200. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I had like 300, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I, I picked several, and I'm certain that many people sent these in, and I am making the decision to not include who this was submitted by so that it's like I'm just leaving everyone out instead of only reading like one or two names and leaving a bunch of other people out because it was just like too much to go through. Giving yourself a conniption. Exactly. So I'm giving everyone a blanket. Thank you so much if you submitted this and I appreciate you and I just couldn't keep up. So here we go. (laughs) You're Um, you're too good. It's Yeah, y'all were too on top of it in the last like 60 days and it's incredible. So we've got some good stuff. <laughs> Lots of animals this month. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I you know that's that my topic. favorite. I love that for so, you. So I love this journey for you. <laughs> um, so this first headline is, honestly, I feel personally offended because I was basically dethroned by a lizard and you're about to find out why. <clears throat> Did it dye its hair blue? No. Is is it replacing you on this podcast? No. <laughs> I hope, but only time will tell. Let me read this article and then you might change your mind. Headline reads, 
Here is the tale of a Florida lizard so constipated that it set a world poop record. What? Oh, it is stealing your thunder. Yep, Species there's a wide photo. poop record? There is a photo on the drive of <gasps> this of a CT scan of this poor lizard. There's no <gasps> way it's that be- poop? Oh, that's all poop. <laughs> Why is it in color? It's an X. I don't know. <laughs> it's its whole it's a CT internal scan. organs. Oh, I didn't know they came in color. Yeah. So this reads: Be oh. grateful, Florida lizards don't wipe after pooping, or we'd really have a toilet paper problem. <laughs> oh, That's okay. because a team of University of Florida herpetologists found <gasps> a bulbous northern curly-tailed lizard outside a pizza restaurant in Cocoa Beach. So no. I think you know exactly why he's so constipated. No. Yeah, poor thing. With quite a characteristic. You a saved quote, this picture as poop lizard. <laughs> I definitely did. How else would you describe it? That is a poopy lizard. That's a poopy lizard. A, quote, tremendous turd, as <laughs> Smithsonian Magazine scientifically put it. The oh. lizard has an unusually lard, large fecal bolus in its two-inch midsection that made up nearly 80% of its body mass. <laughs> He's full of shit. He's full of oh. shit. <laughs> The museum oh, calls no. this a, quote, record-breaking case of constipation. Rectum-breaking. Rectum. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> the lizard was lounging in a quiet spot in the parking lot at the pizza place, its belly full of insects and anole and greasy sand. Alas, <laughs> the contents congealed into an unpassable glob of poop. Quote, the largest known feces to body mass ratio recorded in a living animal. So not just <gasps> lizards. Ever. Oh my God. Wow. Uh-huh. You said it's a poop poop to body ratio. Correct. Oh. In a living animal. Including so humans. So big a ratio, I including humans. Oh. Including humans. This beats the megacolon. Oh. So big a ratio, it bested a previous record set by a Burmese python. And who can forget the python that had a gator in its belly in the Florida Everglades years ago, which that was a, quite a story. That's not poop um, right away, though. It's not. It's not. It's like partially digested. But I think this is they, shit. This is yeah, brown this is shit. It's poop. It's not fully poop because they could still determine that there were like certain undigested pieces in there because like how can your fucking uh, you know poop system even work when you're already that full of poop (gasps) wow one of the researchers oh god okay here we go one of the researchers natalie church thought at first the bulge contained eggs but it felt like silly putty (laughs) we are unaware of any records from wild or captive animals that approach our finding uh clonch told inverse we hope for the sake of the individual animals that there are not any more out there. <laughs> you know there are. Yeah. And they obviously don't want to stumble upon instances like this because of this next part. The researchers had to euthanize the poor little beast because it would have soon mm. passed from a painful death since it couldn't pass its, well, you know, tremendous turd. They couldn't, like, give it, like, a bunch of enemas? I think it was just too impacted at that point. Yeah, for that, any of that to make to a be difference. Painful. I also uh, like God. identify so hard with this CT scan. Yeah, yeah, I've been so there. So this I've been this there. ends oh, with 
Quote, I was blown away by how little room there was left for all the other organs. It had only a tiny space left over in its ribcage for the heart, lungs, and liver. It must have been a very uncomfortable situation for the poor little lizard. So they did make the decision to to let him rest in peace. So um, pour one out for the tremendous turd, the oh poop lizard. Oh, God. Here's a question, and I don't know if you know the answer. But I this, probably don't, but I'm ready. This was a wild <laughs> lizard. Did, mm-hmm. a, did a scientist happen to be walking out of that pizza place and they saw a fat lizard and they're like, hmm, I'm going to capture that and see what's inside? I'm unsure, but I feel like a lot of situations where people report things to animal control often do end up in the hands of vets who then, you know, mm-hmm. it makes its way up some sort of ladder. Mm. Look into it. And also so that, maybe it looked it. like super like fat. Right. You know? Yeah, they pregnant. thought I was pregnant. It's just, yeah. there's no way to know. This is painful. This is But so that painful. is the legacy of this lizard. I mean. It, it broke a world record. It's pretty incredible. It is so. incredible. And I, too, have eaten that much pizza. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, weekly, this, is, this could be a weekly CT scan mm-hmm. for old Mandy. Mm-hmm. Lighting <laughs> another candle for poop lizard. God bless you. Yes, please. Um, Okay, more animal news that is shockingly not from Florida. (laughs) South Carolina manicurist, quote, very calm as she is eaten by alligator. (gasps) What? Y'all, this is so dark and so wild. Okay, quote, (laughs) I guess I won't do this again were her last words before she was pulled under the water. Oh my but god. She, uh, uh, but, but, but she survived, right? No. Right? She was eaten. I am... I don't want to okay, give it away Okay, go yet. on. A manicurist in South Carolina has been killed by an alligator. <gasps> she insisted on trying to touch. <gasps> Cynthia Covert, 58, was visiting a woman's home in... Kiawa Island last Friday to do her nails when she spotted the reptile whoa, whoa. near was a this pond. South Carolina? Yes. Kiowa? That's, Kiowa, that's where my mother goes with her friends every year. Her girlfriends. That's their girlfriend well, vacation tell her spot. not well, to yeah. drunkenly touch an alligator. When she wasn't she's... even drunk. She was just like curious. This oh, is how I'm going to die. This is probably yeah. how I'm going to die too. But I, I want to pet that, that creature. And I guess I won't do this again will be my last words. I mean, those are so epic. Um, Your last words will be, take my Harry Potter TV remote. My (laughs) last words will probably be like, oops. Oops. (laughs) Oops. The witness told the Charleston County Sheriff that the woman was not acting like her normal self and was more talkative and relaxed than usual. Investigators asked if her behavior may have been drug or alcohol related. She replied, covert, quote, came to her residence with a glass of wine, but that was the only thing she saw. After spying, so maybe she was drunk. I don't know. Either way, this did not go well. Mm -hmm. After spying the alligator, she went down to have a closer look, despite the woman and her husband warning her against it. The couple told her that an alligator had grabbed a deer from that exact spot just days earlier, and she replied, I don't look like a deer, before proceeding to try and touch the gator. To an alligator. Yes, you you look like food. You look like a burger, dude. Yeah, you look like a better deer. Yep. Oh, a juicier no. deer. 
That's when the predator clamped its jaws around her leg and began dragging her into the water. The pair ran to grab a shovel and try to fend off the animal while one threw a rope to her to try and pull her back onto the bank. The victim, meanwhile, did not scream. No! (gasps) Covert was about, this is a quote, Covert was about waist deep in the water and she stated in a very calm voice, I guess I won't do this again, as they tried to pull her from the water. She was in shock. Yeah, probably. Oh, my God. Oh, God. It's so sad. Uh, The quote continues, the alligator took her under the water and she released the rope. (gasps) Covert's body was later discovered intact with severe wounds to her leg. So drowning, the the coroner determined her cause of death was drowning, which is how alligators commonly kill their prey. Probably took her into a little bit of a death roll situation. Yeah. Yeah. And that she was just retrieved from the water before it had a chance to... Eat, eat, eat her. Is it wrong <gasps> that I'm a little bit upset that like her body went to waste in that way? No, was it well, that it yeah. wasn't eaten? Yeah, yeah the alligator didn't even. Well, yeah. then you're definitely going to be upset about this last line because the gator was later tracked down and euthanized by authorities for doing its job. Nobody uh, wins. That's fucked. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not. No, it's a no-win situation. There are a lot of gators. I know, and that doesn't gators surprise me. Gators are but like, pests. They really they are, are pests. pests. And pets. Ugh. If you, if you approach them right. I will do that again. Well, Isn't I'm that so haunting that as really the last words? I, oh, God. Yeah. Well, here's uh, another one that might be better than cool. what we just read. So. As we all find things to do with the monotony of COVID lockdown, many are taking this opportunity to experience some of the country's, like, beautiful natural attractions. (laughs) And this next headline is a tale of that not going so well. Don't go outside. I mean, long and short of it, it's not worth it. Uh, the headline here reads, Woman Falls into Thermal Feature at Yellowstone. No. Uh. Yes. Uh. <laughs> this is out of Missoula, Montana. A woman mm-hmm. was life flighted after illegally entering Yellowstone National Park and falling into a thermal feature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which thermal feature do you ask? Well, Yellowstone National Park officials confirmed a woman illegally entered the park on Tuesday morning and fell into the thermal feature at <gasps> Old Faithful. No, I haven't been, but I'm assuming that's it's pretty a, big. It's a boiling hole. It'll, yep. It'll blast <laughs> you. In, that boiling hole will blast you into space. Like Got the it. force, yep. it's too much. She, so, will, she will not be doing that again. Uh, well, I guess I won't be doing that again. Oh, <laughs> oh no. God. Too soon. <laughs> oh, too soon. I mean, it for sure is, but also... You're just too stupid, I don't know. I hope she won't be doing that again. The park told NBC Montana that they do not know... Oh, okay, they don't know exactly which thermal feature she fell in. I guess there are, like, multiples at Old Faithful. I'm Mm going to go ahead and assume it's the thermal feature. The big (laughs) boiling hole. But she added she was backing up to take photos. She was taking Mm -hmm. selfies and not looking Mm -hmm. where she was going. Aren't there, like, fences? No. You can walk, like, right up to Old Faithful, but it's hot. Yeah, that seems not 
Great. You don't want to like reach your hand into it. But Ugh. there, I've seen plenty of photos of people standing right in front of it as it's coming, as the Ugh. earth is coming. <laughs> okay. Got their um, face just right in there. Just getting, just the money shot of all money shots. <laughs> so Yellowstone National Park confirmed the woman drove north after the incident, so she fled. And park rangers contacted her uh, Wait, about one mile south. she climbed out? She survived? I guess she climbed out. Well, I don't know if she fell all the way in, but like she fell in or around it. Got away, drove away. They found her about a mile south of Mammoth Hot Springs, and she was so burned that a helicopter life flighted her to the burn center in East Idaho Regional Medical Center. Because they're in the middle shit. of nowhere. Oh, God. There are no further details available at this time, but we're going to pray for her speedy recovery. She fled oh. the scene. Well, yeah, I mean, she snuck in without paying. Oh. So she likely didn't want to get caught for that. And obviously, like, good for you. Fuck paying for national parks because all of that money should be going back to indigenous people anyway, and it definitely doesn't. But anyway, that that's neither here nor there. She likely didn't want to get caught. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. But so she, she also burned off. her whole body. I can't. She burnt the shit out of herself. And she was by herself? Solo, riding solo. Wow, I don't do anything by myself, like outside of I, the home. No, I, I don't know. I, I don't the know, logic dude. doesn't track, but Godspeed to her. This next headline is a social distancing mood, and I feel like <laughs> Lucy will really uh, relate to this animal. <laughs> is it a cat? Um, no, it's much, it's far more terrifying. Oh. City Rose Garden forced to close because an angry turkey named Gerald won't stop attacking people. It's Gerald? <laughs> Just Gerald, but yes. <laughs> Even turkeys have to learn to social distance. The Oakland Morecambe Rose Garden has been forced to close to visitors after a neighborhood turkey has begun attacking people, prompting several complaints to Oakland Animal Services about the fowl's behavior. I mean, wild turkeys are real mean. Oh, they're, they're terrifying. So mean. We have so many in Minneapolis, and in the like, they're mostly just hang out in Northeast. There's a whole like Facebook group mm-hmm. called the Northeast Minneapolis Turkeys. Yeah, they hang out mm-hmm. by my sister's apartment. They're so yeah. icky. And in the beginning of uh, lockdown, when people really were not going out anywhere, they started coming from Northeast through downtown into <laughs> South Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, they were and like, uh, we own this bitch They now. took it we back. Won this they town. reclaimed the land. It did not take long. <laughs> oh. It took Four days of of like a, a, a reduced commute into downtown mm-hmm. Minneapolis for turkeys to just take over the city. Isn't nature so amazing? Zach, Zach, <laughs> nature is healing. healing. <laughs> Zach and all of his city friends. Uh, at one time, we when we were in, lived in Boston, his friend Reed was like, "Oh, I saw a wild turkey in the parking lot." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Really? Like, were you okay? Like, they're." they're pretty mean whatever mm-hmm. and then he showed me a picture and i was like um that's a pheasant oh and no and then they were like how do you how could you possibly know that and i was like well it's like a third of the size right i've seen I also a bird before. grew up with a couple trees in my yard 
<laughs> it's just a pigeon. <laughs> it's a crow. It's a taco. How could you possibly know this isn't a turkey? <laughs> well, I have eyes. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's very it's very different. Well, turkeys are so identifiable. They're, They're iconic. Huge. They're assholes. Yeah. They're dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Gerald, as the turkey is known, is a regular fixture in the Grand Lake neighborhood. ABC7 reported Friday and before the novel coronavirus sent people indoors was often seen walking peacefully around residents. <laughs> Gerald even has a habit of lining up for school pickup alongside students' parents. <gasps> oh, no. But the turkey in that. recent weeks has taken to aggressively attacking people that he encounters. Probably because he's now all of a sudden not around any people. And so he's just adapting to his new, the new normal. Or he's These just like, had times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plaintiffs to animal services called Gerald relentless and compared him <laughs> to the velociraptors in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I mean, accurate. An NBC journalist shared a photo of the park's temporary closure notice to Twitter Friday morning. It reads... Update to temporary closure of Morecambe uh, Rose Garden. Oakland's Department of Parks, Recreation, and Youth Development Department of Public Works and Oakland Animal Services have collaborated on the decision to temporarily close the Rose Garden. The city is aware of and is taking seriously several incidents of attacks by a male turkey in the park and considers this a public safety concern. (laughs) Wildlife is regulated by the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. CDFW has denied the city's request to relocate the turkey, so shade is being thrown in this note, (laughs) (laughs) indicating that this is not a solution nor allowed by state law. The city has reported to CDFW the incidence of attacks on humans. Currently, the city has been instructed... Oh, shit, I accidentally clicked it, and that made it worse. (laughs) Currently, the city has been instructed by CDFW to keep the park closed to prevent feeding of wildlife and to attempt to train the turkey to keep distance no, from humans. No, no that, that is not going to work. I can tell you right now. Oh, yeah. well, the next line. We have been advised that this will only work if all feeding of the turkeys and other wildlife stops completely. So, no, mm-hmm. it will never work. If people can't fucking wear masks, they're not going to not feed not a Not feed turkey. a turkey. Agreed. Yeah. It is hoped that visitors can return to the Rose Garden soon. The city will continue to abide by California state law and will follow CDFW instructions regarding when the park may reopen. Mm-hmm. So, wow. well, that's, God bless. That's, that's the drama of Gerald. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Gerald. God bless him. I wish him well. And honestly, maybe because so many people are being annoying about wearing masks, I need to just put a wild turkey on a leash. And have it attack people when I walk outside so that they stay away from me. If you could train a wild turkey, then what the hell are you doing podcasting? That's fair. You're right. You're right. Also, (laughs) if I had the patience to train a wild turkey, then what the hell would I be doing podcasting? Mm -hmm. I don't have that kind of patience. If Mm -hmm. I can't scuba, what's all this been about? What has this all been about? (laughs) Um, Okay, this next one is just it's like a black mirror moment for how we're uh, adapting in these unprecedented times. Uh, Quote, this hotel has a robot named Rosé that will deliver wine to your room without human contact. Oh my God, I sent this to you. (laughs) Yeah, well, you and a lot of other people, but yes. This is the moment that we've all been waiting for. 
If you plan on traveling again soon, rest assured that hotels are doing everything they can to make sure you have peace of mind, and that includes your room service. Popping open a bottle of wine and unwinding in your hotel is a great way to start a vacation. And at Hotel Trio in Healdsburg, California, they have the most unique way to enjoy a little vino. Rosé the Robot, and yes, there is a photo on the drive, is an innovative robotic butler that offers a touchless experience when delivering wine to your room. The helpful robot can effortlessly glide into onto <laughs> elevators and find rooms without human interference while flashing a digital message, quote, I'm on a guest delivery, so focused. Oh, because people, would people interfere with her? I oh my I mean you have to be prepared for any possibility and somebody fucking with the wine robot. Mm -hmm. She's like Rosie from the Jetsons, hence the rose. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Probably Mm -hmm. she does look like Rosie from the Jetsons. She super Mm -hmm. looks like Rosie. She's Mm -hmm. adorable. Yep. Mm So, of course, the wine is part of the reason the robot butler is named Rosé, and this hotel is uh, located adjacent to many, many, many vineyards. So that's like a huge draw for staying there. I stayed Um, in Healdsburg when we went to Napa. It is gorgeous. I believe it. Five stars Um, would go back. But (laughs) Rosé can also deliver snacks, extra towels, toiletries, and basically anything you might require during your stay. Mm -hmm. As people are slowly getting comfortable with traveling again amidst the coronavirus crisis, touchless experiences and services that don't require exposure to other people will become more important for hotels in the industry at large. So take one out of this hotel's book because Mm -hmm. Rosé the Robot is the hero we all fucking need. Rosé the Robot. I love Rosé the Robot. I'm here for it. Yeah. Will she marry me? (laughs) I mean, honestly. She's busy. She's on a mission. That's true. She's on a delivery. Yes. Um, Like the number one thing I look for in in a partner is like, will you deliver snacks? Oh, yeah. Oh, so Bill checks that box. But honestly, this is just safer in these unprecedented times. So I I think I should just go with that. I vote Rosé over Bill personally. Sorry, Bill. The the jury has spoken. (laughs) Sorry. Bill's out. out. Rosé is in. Rosé the robot is in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This next one is a deeply what the fuck moment and an absolute commentary on the dangers of toxic masculinity and societal standards of gender. So here we go. Cool. Great, 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 great. (laughs) Out of Crystal Lake, Illinois. Man's penis explodes <gasps> after he attempted to inflate it with helium in a prank <gasps> gone wrong. What the uh, fuck? Do you think yeah. it would talk in a higher pitched voice? No, <sighs> think about it. it. The bigger. urethra hole and the little helium nozzle hole are yep. roughly the same size. And yep. I am shocked that yep. this has not happened before. And right? Because men are just all falls into place. Like it Robocop does. style explodes. Yeah. So, a 34-year-old Crystal Lake, Illinois man has suffered serious injuries, obviously, (laughs) to his genitals after a prank involving him pumping his genitals full of helium gas caused his penis to literally explode. And they're calling this a prank. Who was the prank on? It's not a prank. Himself. Yes. He was trying to enlarge himself. You played yourself. Yep. That isn't a prank. That's just... Fucking or dumb. he was like, f- you know, fucking around with friends and trying to be funny, and he exploded his dick off. I mean, <laughs> yes, and here you go. The victim, who has not been named, because yeah. I mean, you die of embarrassment. 
was attending a 21st birthday party with friends and was severely intoxicated at the time of the incident. Mm -hmm. Quote, he saw a canister of helium in the garage that had been used to blow up balloons for the party, and he said that it'd be funny to try and inflate his balls, said one of the man's friends. That's not how it works. That's a one-way street. It's fully not how it works. It's not at all. How it works. That's a one-way street. My whole crotch hurts. (laughs) In their intoxicated state, none of the other partygoers saw the risk with this stunt and encouraged him to follow through. I probably would have, too. (laughs) Quote, in hindsight, it was a terrible idea. I'll I'll never do this again. (laughs) I'll never. I will never financially recover from this. But at the time, we all thought it'd be funny and didn't really see the harm in it, said another one of the man's friends in attendance. Yep. Yep. The man pulled down his pants and underwear and grabbed the hose of the helium canister. Quote, he wasn't sure what to do at first, but then he shoved the nozzle into the tip of his penis. Yep. Yep. We were shocked that he was following through, but when his dick started to inflate... We all fell on the floor laughing. <laughs> oh, no. I can see this. So clearly in your mind's this. eye. Yeah, It's a Tom and Jerry cartoon. This probably happened at one of those, like, cool kid Big Island parties that we weren't oh, invited that, to. Exactly. That's yes. who I'm picturing. I'm picturing, Absolutely. like, Troy... And, mm-hmm. s- like, b- sad. Rhymes with Michael Bluter. Right. Yes. Um, okay, so, however, the victim wasn't laughing because the nozzle had now dug into the head of his penis, <gasps> preventing him from moving it. Oh. Quote, he tried to shut off the helium valve, but it slipped off yeah. the table and onto the ground all the time his penis kept getting bigger. Yuck. Oh, my God. The man's desperate attempts to pull the nozzle free were fruitless. Quote, his junk had swollen up like a real balloon, said one witness. But did his balls get bigger? No. Did he float to the ceiling like in Mary Poppins? No. (laughs) And then like a real balloon. lifting drink. It just (laughs) popped. Oh. God. Oh, no. I am shaking and crossing my legs. Um, Uh. Paramedics were called to the property and rushed the man to the hospital while several other partygoers had to be treated for shock at the sight of their friend's exploding penis. <laughs> I need to be treated for shock for sh- right now. Oof. Hard same. <laughs> so Oof. that's incredible. Wishing him, again, a speedy recovery. God bless him. But he's Don't still alive. Don't have photos for that one. Oh, oh, yeah, he's still alive, but he's... He likely is going to need some serious reconstructive surgery, and which is therapy. it's really unfortunate. And yeah, therapy forever. And everyone in that party needs therapy forever because yeah, holy shit. do not just don't just don't, just fuck don't. with your balls. Like here's nope. the thing, they're really fragile, real fragile. And that also, whole like, thing down there, women aren't that interested in them. No, we well, I mean, we speak could for give yourself. a shit. But yes, but like, are you Not are you ever interested. like, oh, I'm looking for a man with big balls? Like sometimes. No. Not really. <laughs> no. You're not? Oh. <laughs> Amanda, what? <laughs> I cannot relate at all in this conversation because I love big balls. Jesus all right. Christ. Speaking oh, of big balls, this my. next article <laughs> is basically Lucy's dad if he dabbled in meth. 
I'm feeling personally targeted in your headlines this month. <laughs> well, a lot of them reminded me of you, but this one actually really did remind me of like if your dad just lost his rocker or did math. <laughs> Amazing. The headline reads: Louisiana man, Louisiana man caught in video swimming in Bass Lake in Bass Pro Shop Aquarium. <laughs> Yeah. 100%. I see see where you're going. A man that was caught on video (laughs) swimming in the indoor aquarium at Bass Pro Shop in Bossier City or Bossier City, I don't know, (laughs) earlier this week has been identified and arrested by police. And yes, there is a screenshot from a video on the drive. Yes, 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 yes. According to the Bossier City Police Department, (laughs) 26-year-old... Kevin Wise. He's wearing his shoes. His shoe. He's fully clothed. (laughs) He's charged with simple criminal damage to the property, which is a misdemeanor. The video, captured by a man named Treasure McGraw. (laughs) (laughs) Treasure. Treasure. The most Louisiana, like Southern. This man needs a career in country music. And I'm actually offended. Treasure Treasure McGraw. McGraw. (laughs) Treasure McGraw. Treasure. That's uh, treasure. So Treasure captured this video and it shows Wise <laughs> swimming in the fish tank, climbing out of it, and then running out of the Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> BCPD says Wise returned to the store and was subsequently arrested by citation and released on a summons to appear in court. Why, Why would you go, go back? back? I mean, he, he dropped had his to wallet get some in the more tank. Lures. Yeah. He forgot to shop for what he actually went in there for. He forgot his ghillie suit. They had so, a clearance uh, sale. Yes. <laughs> a complaint was filed Friday morning to Bossier City Police after Bass Pro Shop determined that there would be costs associated with emptying and cleaning the 13,000-gallon aquarium, which features species of fish local to the region. Oh, wow. my like God. Bass. Took it like bass pros. <laughs> Pro bass. Pro bass, a very specific type of bass. And then also bass and then also pros. Lance Bass. <laughs> Lance Bass. <laughs> and finally, last but not least, I know I did a lot, but I have a million this month, so this is just how it is. Um, this was my most submitted headline for the month and definitely where we are just all at right now in life. Man climbs under moving big rig filled with wine and begins drinking from tank. (laughs) (laughs) What varietal, though? Man, Uh, it's too relatable. Uh, This is out of Modesto, California. It's a wine heist like you've never seen before. The Modesto CHP arrested Gabriel Moreno after he allegedly jumped on a moving tanker truck, which you really can't call it allegedly when there's a video and you see it. Um, (laughs) Carrying bulk red wine, climbed under its belly to unscrew a valve and drank the wine as the truck Continued driving up <gasps> Highway 99. He mission impossible for a bunch of fucking cargo wine? Sure on the, did. On the highway, he's just clinging. And he's shirtless. It's incredible. There's a still from the on the drive. He's just yeah. in a pair of shorts. And he hops onto the onto the truck and shimmies his way toward the valve and oh drinks up. My God. All right. The dash cam video first shows Moreno in a sedan, putting his hazard lights on, gotta be safe, directing the truck to the side of the highway. So he, like, basically pulled this truck over. 
The truck driver pulls over, believing he may have a mechanical problem, only to see Moreno get out with only his underwear on. Uh, The camera shows Moreno running to the passenger side of the truck and out of view as the truck driver pulls back onto the freeway. Another onboard, onboard camera, captures Moreno jump back into view, then on the back of the wine truck. With no shirt and no shoes, no service, he rides on the side of the tanker. He made his own service. He did. Mm -hmm. The video then shows him climb underneath the truck as it hits freeway speeds. Oh, Oh my God. How is he still alive? I don't know. It's a miracle. That's when the driver noticed a dashboard gauge showing he was losing fluids, (laughs) hundreds of gallons of wine. So he called the police. I'm assuming some of it was just spilled. Oh, yeah. Not directly into this poor guy's mouth. Yeah. Oh, God. Quote, I've listened to thousands and thousands of calls, Modesto CHP officer Tom Olson said. This one is up there in the top 10. The truck driver allegedly found Moreno in an unusual position. Moreno had unscrewed a valve underneath the truck as it was traveling north on Highway 99. That sent the tanker's wine gushing and Moreno gulping as much as he could. Uh, yeah, to not drown in wine, clinging yeah. for his life on the freeway. Oh like you said, God. mission impossible. Yeah. This individual was able to release the wine from under the tanker, and he placed himself underneath the tanker in such a manner. The best way to describe this was somebody doing, like, snow angels, Officer Olson said. So he's, like, laying. Laid out. Yep. So this Highway 99 red wine heist, big and bold, with a finish in handcuffs. See the see what they did there with oh, wine notes. Wow. <laughs> it's jammy. He yeah. was in a he was in a jam. So jammy. So the truck company says they lost about 1000 gallons of red wine, most of it ending up on Highway 99, and that's enough to fill about 5000 bottles of red wine. So he definitely like <gasps> did some damage. Fucking waste. Yeah. Yep. Oh no. And those are the headlines. Wow. This was a good crop. You have done yourself. Yeah, this was a really good crop. Like, it's hell going through two months of submissions. God bless all of you. But we had gem upon gem. Mm -hmm. Banger after banger. And some that I'm just going to save for for next month, too, because, Mm -hmm. like, why not? Because they're so good. Uh, All right. Bravo. Bravo. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Have you ever seriously considered the underwear that graces your nether regions? You've got some important stuff down there, you know? And uh, (laughs) thankfully, MeUndies has seriously considered it, which is why they're changing the game with softer-than-soft, sustainable undies in fun prints like unicorns and stuff. And uh, lots of colors, so you can be totally comfy being you inside and out. I correlate, like, my mood with the pattern of mm-hmm. me undies that I'm going to pick out for the day. Fair. I'm wearing my lightning bolt undies right now, oh. and I love them. So cute. You know what is the worst possible thing ever? An empty underwear drawer because mm-hmm. it's all in the dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. And who has time to do laundry? <laughs> well, it's a good thing that you can just get a Me Undies membership and eradicate that terribleness forever. A Me Undies membership is a monthly subscription that sends new pairs right to your door so you can keep your undies drawer stocked 
fresh and fun. Plus, with member access to site-wide savings and exclusive sales, you can easily and affordably build a quality collection of super soft undies over time. And that is one heck of an undie upgrade. If you ask us, I have a membership. Mm-hmm. I get unreasonably excited every time I see that little purple package in my mailbox. She texts the chat, tells us I, what new styles just arrived. I do. It's so exciting. And this month it was like surfboard patterned, like high-waisted. Cute. I love the high-waisted undies. They are my absolute favorite. Also, Me Undies offers matching pairs where you and your partner can order undies with the exact same prints that is so romantic. In other words, match your bottom half to your better half. <laughs> Me Undies are available in a range of sizes from extra small to 4XL. It's just very inclusive. They are, I can't overstate how comfortable they are. Mm-hmm. And Me Undies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. So this is a no-brainer, especially because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. That's MeUndies.com slash gals. Treat your nevers. Treat them. Okay, so we got some coven confessions for you. This is my favorite thing. Yeah, quite literally. They're a little more serious this month. I felt like we'd had a lot of poop and one night (sighs) stand funny stories. never enough poop. A lot of poop, a lot of pee, a lot of sibling pranks, toothbrushes, one night stands, hair interesting sex toy choices. Yeah. So I wanted to mix it up a little bit, and we have a little more serious ones, but interesting, I think. Okay. So we're going to weigh in here. All right. First one. Hi, ladies. Definitely looking for anonymity here. This is not a funny story or even something that I physically did. Merely an outlet to confess my true feelings about my life circumstances where I can tell no one else except my counselor. Oh, wow. Okay. My we are not I, professionals. No. By any stretch. We are not. <laughs> My husband and I have been together for 25 years. We are high school sweethearts. Our relationship started to change once we had kids. We had one child in particular that was really hard and caused a lot of strain on the marriage. Mm. We sat in bed one morning about 10 years ago and wondered if we should separate as neither of us was happy, but decided to work on it and truck through. Fast forward a few more years, and I was really disliking the person he was becoming and still unsure if I wanted to be with him. Smack in the middle of those thoughts, he had a seizure and was diagnosed with a nasty brain tumor. Uh, Oh, now you can't leave. No. Which came with a not-so-great prognosis. The tumor also explained some of his not-so-great behavior which was making me dislike him because of where it was in his brain. This is so like an actual plot line from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and it's also like, I mean, that's so tough because mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, basically we're all just like neural synapses. Mm -hmm. But also like almost this exact scenario has happened to like people that we, the three of us know personally. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah, people have had brain injuries and been had completely different personalities afterwards. It's wild. Yeah. So this, the writer understands that like the brain tumor is causing some of the behavior, Mm -hmm. but then they go on to say, it's still hard to look past it once it's done. Yeah. That's how human beings work. That is totally fair. That's absolutely valid. I went into caregiver mode and saw him and saw him through, dealt with the challenges of being young, having young kids, and facing the possible death of a partner. Mm. It was harder than I could describe. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Fast forward seven years, and husband is still alive and well. Totally fell into the small percentage of people who live with his disease long term. Wow. So kind of fought the odds, basically, and like is surviving but still sick. The last two to three years have been normal in the way that the cancer doesn't rule our thoughts daily, and there's even some planning for the future. And here is my confession. I have felt utterly trapped since the whole thing began and wish Mm -hmm. we had separated that day 10 years ago. Oof. I've been struggling with depression and finding the proper medication for me, which I know doesn't help the situation, and I am trying to see things objectively, but it is so, so hard. Mm-hmm. I would argue that like recognizing that you have depression and, and trying out different medications is the best thing you could do right. to help the situation. But I know that it can, it can throw in new you know, obstacles as sure. you're Challenges, trying out different medications. Yeah as you're trying out different medication. Husband had a checkup and there's a small recurrence, which may be scar tissue from surgery and radiation. Needs to be rechecked for stability in a few weeks. He is devastated and so am I. I do still love him and don't want him to die and scared all over again. The shitty thing is, is that I was just building up the courage to talk to him about my feelings and possibly start looking at life apart. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he had this like recurrence. He loves me so, so much. And we have had a few conversations lately where I've asked if he ever thought about separating. And he basically said, hell no. Oh, God. You're testing the waters and it's like the opposite. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Mm So now here we are facing uncertainty again, and I feel like I'm totally wasting my life with no way out. I feel trapped because he could... Because how could I leave someone facing a possible recurrence, which is terminal for sure, if that happens, who loves me so much, only a monster would do that to someone. Then there's the kids. It would be impossible to manage shared custody if he is sick, dot, dot, dot. I'm starting to panic. I am 42 and feel like I should be in the prime of my life. I feel like the best years would have been wasted longing for something different, trying to do the right thing by caring for someone who loves me. There's no end in sight to when I may feel I have some control over my life and creating happiness for myself. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. Even if you don't read this on air, it's a huge weight off my chest to at least type it. Love you, gals. Anonymous. This is just one of those purely impossible situations. Mm -hmm. And I think that so often, like, especially people who identify as women and especially partners who take on a caregiving role, Mm -hmm. there's so much codependency that happens there. 
And mm-hmm. so it's really hard to separate what your needs are from this vision of yourself as like being the bad person when you're simply trying to do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And so all I would say in this situation is like, of course you feel like you'd be doing something terrible and abandoning your partner, but that's not necessarily what separation has to look like. If mm-hmm. your relationship has to change in order for in order for you to thrive and if you for you both to be happy, because if you're not happy, then you're not both happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you have to make those decisions that that are right for you, even when they're really fucking hard. And if that relationship simply needs to change and not be a marriage anymore, that doesn't mean you're abandoning that person. That doesn't mean you don't love that person. And that doesn't mean that you don't want to be in their life and be helpful to them. You just yeah. also want to be free to do what's best for you. And in the long run, that's also what's best for your kids. And that's also what's best for your partner. Yep. And also, I think it might uh, be worthwhile to sort of examine the kinds of things that do make you happy. Because Mm -hmm. you really, I I feel like relying on your partner, no matter the circumstances, to Mm -hmm. provide you happiness is not intrinsically healthy in the first place. It's a disappointment waiting to happen. It is a disappointment. Exactly. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's just something as easy as like volunteering once a week and just trying to find like alternative purposes. And I know that sounds like a platitude, but at the same time, if you're in a relationship where that person isn't isn't fulfilling you, then you have to look outside of that relationship because you don't this person is right. You don't want to be unfulfilled. You don't want to feel like you're wasting your life. There's yeah, also just a, is so young. There's a million ways to be trapped in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, is this one your husband's fault? No. no. No one's saying that it is. But this is a way that people get trapped in a relationship. And mm-hmm. I know that we make vows that say for better or for worse. But if you were already having that before. conversation before this started, then it's not to say that those vows are vows are no longer valid. But like that that feeling existed then. It clearly exists now. It's not going to go away. So who are you serving by essentially waiting out the clock on this situation? Yeah. Who does this and also, help? And by waiting out we, the clock, it's like waiting for him to die and how fucking That's literally what that. I mean. Yeah. That's right. literally what that's I mean by that. That's not fair to anyone. No. Right. And also we have a situation of of someone kind of in our orbit um, who was married and decided to separate and then very soon after deciding to separate like a month one of them got a similar devastating diagnosis Mm -hmm. yeah and um the person with the brain tumor was the one to basically decide like no i this the separation is what I want. Right. And regardless of why our lives are changing and regardless of why I have this like new perspective, this is the perspective I have now. Yeah. And they're still friends and that yeah. support is still available should mm-hmm. either of them need it. They just had to change their relationship because they were no longer compatible in a marriage. And that's yeah. okay. And that support yep. is still present. So it is Absolutely. possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. good luck to you, Anonymous. Oh, We're honey. wishing you the best. That is not an easy position to be in, but you, no. you got this. And this one, this this email, it felt um, it felt like it was straddling coven confession and mm-hmm. and content for a mansplaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is going to be some some bonus Patreon content that we're going to be 
releasing very soon mm-hmm. uh, that will be Amanda's spinoff show, A Mansplaining. That's kind of like a Dear Abby letters. Yeah. Um, okay, so next, next one. Hey, wine and crime gals. My confession today definitely makes my ex look worse than me, but I was also shitty and wrong in many things. So when I was a sophomore in high school, my best friend, let's call her Emily because that's her name and I don't care about calling her out. (laughs) Blortney. She knows what she did. (laughs) Okay, I already love this. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) So my best friend Emily and I gradually and secretly started a romantic relationship. Mm. It was great and exciting at first, but after a few months, she started doing gradually crazier and more manipulative shit once I started showing signs of wanting to go back to being just friends. Mm. She told me she was having psychic episodes, including prophetic dreams. Hello, Lucy. I was was just going to say, wait. (laughs) But this is beyond you. Your dreams are like actually genuinely psychic. Mm -hmm. I have had a... A lot of really, like, going back to, like, third and fourth grade. It's bizarre. You've been a spooky little bitch since day one. I know. Uh (laughs) You get visited. Mm -hmm. I do, though. Yep. Yeah. These are more manipulative. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, Um, and I also can't, like, monetize my (laughs) prophetic dreams, unfortunately. Um, Okay, so... Some of these prophetic dreams involved flying and invisibility. Those are just dreams, but okay. (laughs) She would, quote, predict things that I had just done, saying she had already known I would do. Yikes. Like, (laughs) and would, quote, fly into my house, saying she knew what I was doing or wearing and had turned invisible when I said I couldn't see her out my window. She was stalking. That's terrifying. That is stalking. I don't I am so scared of this person. Continue. This is horrifying. Also reminds me of the craft. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said she could talk to ghosts and at times would be possessed by a demon whose name, by the way, was Paul. Okay. <laughs> a demon named Paul sounds like a Judy Bloom novel. Also, yeah. any person I've ever met named Paul is a demon. So pretty much. We've got that. Mm-hmm. A demon named Paul, the Emily uh-huh. story. <laughs> Oh my god, this is a lifetime movie waiting to happen. I also don't want to laugh at like somebody who might have like psychological issues, but like a oh. demon named Paul is fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, that's absurd yeah. and I'm here for it. Everyone should get help, but in the meantime, this shit is funny. Um <laughs> So Paul made her do things sometimes, I guess, to excuse her shadier behavior. She made her voice all deep and weird uh, uh, when he was possessing her. Oh, she's doing some like fucking exorcist Uh shit. Uh huh. I encouraged this stuff at first because I was dumb and 16 and wanted the world to be more fantastical. I'm right there with you, honey. Uh We would have done the same thing. Yeah, we would have been all about this. And then we would have been in too deep and Lucy or Scott would have murdered us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Slender Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The worst thing we did was surprise a seance of some sort with one of our friends, V, whose mom had died only a year before. Ooh. Oh, that's a vulnerable Kind of don't fuck with that, though. To do yeah. a seance. Yeah. Mm, don't. At the time, I didn't understand how fucked up that was and just thought it would be cool to get to talk to a dead person that I kind of knew. Well, yeah, you're 16. 
Yeah, you're 16 and you're not fully developed and you don't understand that that could be re-traumatizing for your friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never have had the courage to apologize to my friend for that. We're still close and have never talked about that time since that night. I would just jump in here and say, like, just say exactly that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I was 16. I was an idiot. That probably was really uncomfortable for you. And I recognize that now. And I'm so sorry. So there's a good mm-hmm. chance she's harboring that shit. And it's still affecting exactly. her. And, like, that's all you have to say. And I'm sure that they will appreciate it. Okay. Weeks after our breakup, so with Emily, she also tried for a while to pretend like she had amnesia, and the last thing she remembered was the day before I broke up with her. Convenient. (laughs) I should try. If Bill tries to break up with me, (laughs) okay. Holy shit! I'm totally trying. I feel like I read a news article recently where like this actually did happen. Oh god! And the person had to like re break up with him. Oh, Oof. God. It's 50 first dates, except instead of getting her to fall in love with him every breakups. day, she has to break up with him every day because he can't remember. Okay, that's incredible, and I'm writing the screenplay right now while Kenyon finishes <laughs> her not me, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Again. Oh, my okay. God. So she had me explain why we broke up again and why I was already dating someone, our friend. She Then she outed me and my new partner, to my Catholic parents, which Yikes. broke us up and prompted me to get a boyfriend to prove no. that I was straight. Oh. oh, honey, I'm so sorry. A reverse beard. Yeah. Good times. That's when I completely <laughs> dropped her and and told her that I was done with her for good. She came to my house to beg me to take her back, uh, at least as friends, and scared the shit out of me trying to break in when I locked her out. Yeah, nope. after that, Yeah. After that, I literally never spoke to her again. So I bind if, you, Emily, Nancy. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> so if for some reason, Emily, you know who you are, or, or do you, you delusional bitch. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, no. <laughs> you're listening. I hope you have received professional help, but also fuck you. Wow. I mean, as I, mean, I always yeah. say, our mental health is not our fault, but it is our responsibility. And, if, mm-hmm. and this behavior is abusive and damaging mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and threatening and scary and no mm-hmm. one deserves it. Mm-hmm. And if you're struggling, I completely empathize and I'm sorry and like we can connect you with some resources, but you got to do your due diligence to mm-hmm. to to help yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. This is not if if all of that is happening, then you absolutely need to seek professional help mm-hmm. immediately and no excuses. And honestly, mm-hmm. everyone needs therapy. So oh like, my God. Oh, yes. We're not singling anybody out. Everybody not even close. Yeah. I knew I was interviewing out. therapists for my dog. I need mm-hmm. to open my other okay. white claw. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> everyone Speaking needs of therapy. interviewing therapists, I need to open my other white claw. She is very good a listener. Oh, Miss Claw. Miss Claw. (laughs) Okay. Next one. Okay. I would like to start by saying that I wish to stay anonymous because uh, what I did is technically very wrong, but I in no way feel sorry for it. Yeah. Anything that starts with that disclaimer is gonna be good. There should be a podcast called Sorry Not Sorry. There definitely should be. And if you want to start it and have us help you launch it, please let us know. Yeah. I have no time. Okay. (laughs) 
I got my college communications professor fired by cheating. <laughs> Incredible. Oh. Okay. Uh, no notes. End of confession. <laughs> no, no notes. notes. At, by the end, you will absolutely be saying no notes. <laughs> when yes. I was 20 years old, I was attending one of Wisconsin's larger no schools. I was in Communications 105, which is basically a GE, though I did need it for my journalism major. Because of the size of my school and the level of the class, it was a large lecture hall filled with roughly 200 students, yet somehow I ended up being the target of some much unwanted attention from my male professor. No. Mm-hmm. Fucking patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this was 2009, long before the much-needed and appreciated Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. My professor, we will call him Professor Anderson. Because that's, that's his name, and he knows what he fucking <laughs> did. I wish. I wish. But Anderson is like such like a Midwest Smith. Yeah. yeah. I did not realize how... I was like, yeah, you know, the most common last names, Anderson, Jensen, Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, and Jensen was like, those- with two S's and an E-N. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, those are not the most common names. What is the most okay. common name in the U.S.? Muhammad. Moving yeah. on. Oh, in the U.S., so, but okay. In the world, I, don't, I think. In the world, yeah. But I mean, last name in the U.S. It's probably Johnson or Thompson or some shit. Yeah. You have oh. Google. <laughs> you could find this out. What is anyway. the most common last name? All right. Name so this As professor started mm. standing Smith. by me. It's Smith. Okay. There you go. Started standing by me a lot during his lectures. Ish. He was one of those types that put a lot of notes on a PowerPoint and then talked while we tried to scribble them all down. Oh, right? I hate those kinds of professors. Yeah. Yeah. And then they won't share their PowerPoints. Yep. With the cl- Ugh, fucking If you're going to make a wordy fucking PowerPoint, you mm-hmm. have to like upload it to the cloud mm-hmm. for your class to access. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. unreasonable. That is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I mean standing by me, I mean he often would lurk over me just behind my shoulder. No. He, he eventually got to the point where his leg would be pressed against my shoulder arm. <gasps> no. In a no. room of 200? Mm-hmm. I mean, Avenge? I mean, at all, but like also, hello. How ballsy and like how much of a power mm-hmm. move is this fucking asshole to just be doing so this blatantly in front gross. of an entire class? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eventually, he started randomly touching my shoulder with his hand, sometimes giving it a light squeeze and eventually moving to my neck. No. And doing the same. I don't even let my partner do that. Squeezing your neck? Like the back of your neck. Uh, Yeah. No. Hard no. Before the touching happened, I tried to take advantage of my professor's email policy where we could ask him questions on assignments via email as often as we wanted. However, whenever I asked him a question, and this happened three different times, he would tell me that he needed me to come to his office to discuss Mm -mm. it. No. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. No. Do not be in a room alone with this predator. Mm -hmm. But also like power dynamics. Yup. Mm -hmm. He would also say that his normal office hours were pretty booked. Oh, so that of I would have to request a special time through him mm, directly. After 8 p.m. Over dinner at my at, home. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With a candle lit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I asked a few of my classmates if he seemed to be not very helpful over emails to them as well, and none of them had similar experiences. Oh, curious. Needless to say, I am thankful I trusted my gut and elected to never go to his office. God bless. I hate that you even had to have that thought. Mm -hmm. That gut Mm -hmm. check. Do I go, like, mm-hmm. s- seek the help I need to for my do education. well in this class for my education, mm-hmm. or do I risk getting fucking raped? I mm-hmm. mean, honestly and truly, pre-Me Too movement, pre-this whole national global conversation, I could have seen myself doing the same fucking thing and ha- mm-hmm. and having to make the quote-unquote difficult or challenging decision to not go see my professor because I should be able to trust this person. Well, and mm-hmm. and if you went to the administration, they would oh, not have done anything. Oh, oh, yeah. We will get to it. Oh, oh good. good. Oh, good. Oh, good for you. (laughs) I was mortified over this whole ordeal and had no idea what to do about the situation. I definitely had internalized the blame the victim syndrome Mm -hmm. and started wearing oversized hooded sweatshirts to class and even kept my hood up. Because he hadn't touched me in a directly sexual way, which I would argue. Just grabbed your mm-hmm. neck. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. Just, just casually, casually rubs your shoulder you for no reason. and rubs his leg up against you. He's basically dry humping you in front of a fucking yeah. class of uh-huh. students. But but again, bef- pre-Me Too. Yeah. Well, yeah, and even post-Me Too, you go through these things over and over in your head and go, well, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Uh-huh. I know, but it's like a very real switch. It is. It's so uh-huh. real. And it is created by the patriarchy patriarchy who want mm-hmm. to continue to thrive in positions of power. Sure mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It's fucking gaslighting. They know exactly how to toe that line. Yep. So I felt I didn't have a right to accuse him of inappropriate behavior. Eventually, I started moving my seat all around the classroom, forcing myself to sit in the middle of rows so he wouldn't have access to me. Oh, this poor... Ugh, I can't even... About two weeks after I started doing that, he instated a seating chart. No. No. And placed me in the back row where no one could see him squeezing my neck and leaning against no. me. I'll kill him. I will kill him. Where I'll is kill. he? I'll, I'll mm-hmm. Where is he? I'll help We're going to fucking kill him. He's in Wisconsin. Guy. Great. I'm. You finish this up. I'm getting in my car and I'm on my way. He's an Anderson in Wisconsin. Good luck. Done. I guess I'm <laughs> killing a lot of people to get to the right one. <laughs> Many will be sacrificed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I will not rest until I get to the right one. Oh, no. Of course, because fuck the patriarchy and society has brainwashed so many millennial girls like me that this is just a part of life. I ended up just really hating myself and hating that class. I just wanted to suck it up. However, because he only taught 100 level communications classes and this was the only one I needed to take. Mm hmm. They just thought they could, like, push through, basically. Yeah, just get through Uh, it, yeah. No. When the final for the class was over, I could have cried. I was so happy. Then the semester grades came in, and I did cry, but not for a good reason. Professor Anderson had given me an F in his class. What? So they'd have to retake it? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. 
When I emailed him about what was up with the grade, I don't think a single person in the class ever scored less than 80% on anything. It was a cake class. It was a GE uh-huh. class. It's easy. Yeah. It's designed to be passed. Mm-hmm. He stated that I had never taken the midterm and that I would need to come to his office to discuss. No. 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 Holy shit. I went to the dean of students to finally complain about the professor, and his immediate response was that I was acting entitled. (laughs) And that I should be happy that Professor Anderson was allowing me a chance to make the issue right. I'm just going to take a leap and say that the dean of students was a man. A white man. Mm. A white man. It's Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. I was speechless. I am... Shaking. I'm sorry. I know. I I know. So pissed on this person's behalf. I know. Somehow I was able to keep myself together long enough to say that I would be happy to take the midterm all over again when I return the next semester, but that I would be requesting to not do it in his presence because he made me uncomfortable, which is Mm -hmm. so fucking valid and good. Like, wow. Also, the helium balls on this dude. Right? <laughs> the helium-filled explosive balls. Ick. <laughs> that is just so fucking disgusting. And I'm. it happens all the fucking time, all oh, over yeah. the mm-hmm. fucking place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dean of students argued with me argued with me for a while and then once they realized I wasn't budging and threatened to get the head dean involved and contact the University of Wisconsin board they agreed to let me take it without the professor present. Contact them anyway. Contact them anyway. (laughs) Tell them everything. (laughs) Fucking get your pass in the the class and then take his fucking balls down. Kill this motherfucker. Kill him yourself. Just kill him yourself. <laughs> Wipe him off the kidding. face of the earth. I'll fucking kill him for you. <laughs> Send me his information. <laughs> so this is where I did the worst thing I've ever done. And honey, this, yeah. this, this is, is where you did the most necessary ever. and heroic yeah. thing you've ever done. And you're a literal <laughs> hero if you got him out of this school. So mm-hmm. I, do, I will not stand for it. Here mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. go. I can't fucking wait. I got to the professor's office and this very nice middle-aged woman who I'm assuming was his assistant was the only one around. She spoke very softly and sweetly to me and sounded kind of sad, which leads me to believe that I am not the first young girl that Professor Fuckhat tortured for no reason. (laughs) There's no way you're the first. There's no way you're the first. His behavior was so blatant. Mm -hmm. And as we know, like these predators test the waters with this stuff. Mm -hmm. He has been working up to this moment and been doing Mm -hmm. this with other girls in these classes mm-hmm. for protected years. by the institution. Um, yep. Hashtag Larry Nasser. Yep. Mm-hmm. You are never alone. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She handed me a manila envelope and stated that everything I needed was in it. She led me to an empty conference room and told me to talk uh, to take all the time that I needed and just bring the sealed envelope back to her. Remember, this is the midterm that this person already fucking took. Yep. 
Sorry, I'm burping because I'm drinking beer. <laughs> this dramatic pause is longer. Dramatic, dramatic pause. I'm it's, burping. It's longer <laughs> than Kenyon's usual dramatic pause, <laughs> so I thought you we lost you again. I thought you were getting emotional. <laughs> I am getting emotional by burping all of this beer. Burp mm-hmm. emotional. Um, I opened the envelope and pulled out the test, which I had originally taken like four months prior, and a Scantron sheet... The key. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Did the sad yeah. lady give her the key? Yup. Mm. You know it. Yeah. You know it. I was it. shocked by what I was looking at. The actual Scantron answer sheet. At first I thought it was a mistake, but now when I think back about how horrible my professor was to me and no doubtably to others and perhaps even to his assistant, I'm not so sure it wasn't intentional. Yes, sad mm-hmm. assistant. Yes. Yep. And all you really got to do is just get a couple wrong on purpose mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ditch that key. Oh. Give everything else back. Who the fuck mm-hmm. is ever going to cut... Is ever gonna know? Also, you know this person passed it the first fucking time, so it's not exactly. like she needed it in the first place. But still, exactly, she has no professor reason to feel bad hat. about mm-hmm. any of this. Oh yeah, I looked at it for a long time, thought about how horrible he made me the previous semester, and said fuck it, and copied the key to my own Scantron. Good girl. Hell yeah. A week yeah. later, the dean of students sent me an email apologizing for the mess and stating I had gotten 100% on my test. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Holy he also shit. stated that Professor Anderson had been let go for, quote, unrelated reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is fucking hard to fire a professor. Yeah. Even one without tenure. Mm-hmm. So, bye bye So they you had know laws. that this person was not the only one. You Absolutely. know that there have been multiple reports mm-hmm. filed against this guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never told my parents about this whole ordeal. They knew I was having issues with a professor saying I didn't take a test, but just assumed that he was an idiot and a dick who lost my test and wouldn't own up to his mistake. Mm-hmm. The Me Too movement has really made me look back on the whole experience and realize how unable I was to see that this was straight up sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Don't, don't worry. Like, the, it's designed to make you not realize yep. it in the moment. And I, not your fault. And I also don't blame feel yourself. Like every woman who has been an adult pre and post Me Too movement recognizes mm-hmm. situations where they were harassed pre- and, like, mm-hmm. didn't even fucking realize it or, like, didn't oh, really yeah. mentally acknowledge it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it took me years to be able to actually call my sexual assault a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. I wrote mm-hmm. comedy bits about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fuck. I have hope that we will be able to continue to educate the youth on speaking up for what is right, being an advocate for yourself and those who cannot advocate for themselves and just being a decent fucking human. Thanks for reading the worst thing I've ever done, even though I'm just not sorry. No, this is the best. (laughs) There's nothing to be sorry about. Sorry, not Not sorry, honey. Not sorry. sorry. Not sorry. All right, last one. Hello, hello. Love the podcast and so appreciate the entertainment and camaraderie. I never thought I'd have something to write in about, but alas, here we are. Oh, good. I have a story for you that I most definitely do not lead with at parties. 
Yes. So it's not about Russian corpse dolls <laughs> <laughs> having tea parties. Classic, classic cocktail party. But talk. I do not lead with at corpse tea parties. Right. <laughs> the guilt is horrific, and I've only ever told one other soul. Yeah. I'll start off by saying that I've always been the super awkward, weird kid. My poor children as well, but I will tell them we'd rather be weird than boring. Love that. I've grown into myself a lot in my 32 years, but still. <laughs> my story occurs during my very early 20s. Oh, God. I would the not The worst go back. time. Yeah. Early 20s were rough. rough. I hated the ages like 12 through 14 and mm. then like 20 through 25. Yeah. 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 I was the cutest I've ever been, but also the, like the most, most depressed. Yeah, exactly. And like lost. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. and yep. just like, ugh, you just make such poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Oh, your frontal lobe has abandoned you entirely. It seriously It's just has. not there. Like it was it's there for a there. second and then it left for like five years and then it mm-hmm. came back. Yep. And yeah. then it was it's on like vacation. a floater. And the, You're it just came, a horny husk. It came back with like crippling anxiety. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. I was still very shy, and my flirting game was not strong. I was invited by a friend, you know, that blonde bombshell who exudes confidence. Kenyon. Mm. <laughs> I mean. That's you. You know that that's, that's the you in you our friendship. You were like the flirting Quen of the world. I, I you were was... so good at getting those little those boys wrapped around your finger. Oh, yeah. We I were was... so enamored with like your abilities. <laughs> I was and your I was nipples because you never big, wore bras. Never I wore a bra. Nipples. I was a big flirt. Still, <laughs> still got the nips. Mm. It's fine. Okay, you still got it. You still All got it. Both still of them. got it. <laughs> Fifty pounds later. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Your to go tits wake- are still amazing. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So invited by this friend, the blonde bombshell, to go wakeboarding, which I would never do. Oh, yeah. That's not with, what? No. no. <laughs> with her and her neighbors and her neighbors, neighbors on a boat. Mm-hmm. It was the two of us, neighbor guy and his dad, blah, 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 other neighbor guys, blah, blah, blah. After about half a day on the water, my awkward self finally got up the courage to do something flirtatious. I took a dump right at the front of the ship. <laughs> I farted in his face in my wet I bathing said, suit. I said, look at me, and wet bathing suit farted. How do you and like then, me now? Now. And then took a shit on the bow. Took a bow. And he proposed then and there. Immediately. Story Happily over. ever after. <laughs> We're now married with eight children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> One of them is poop lizard. Okay. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. One of these gorgeous guys had just strapped himself into a wakeboard and life jacket and was standing on the back platform of the boat. So I snuck up behind him and pushed him in. <laughs> Holy shit. And he fell into the motor and was no. sliced into a thousand pieces. And you're writing us this email from like jail. He lost under 15 both minutes his of library legs. time. Really not far off. <gasps> no. So, oh. To my horror, he did not fall into the water as one would expect someone wearing two very buoyant objects to do. Instead... <laughs> When I pushed him into the rear edge of, uh, when I pushed him, the rear edge of his board caught the lip of the boat 
while the upper half of his body went into the water face first. No, 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 no. The result was that his feet were firmly strapped into the cot board planted on the back deck at water level, while the rest of him was held by his body weight face down in the water. Was the motor on? Was the motor on? She waterboarded him. Yeah. But the motor wasn't on, right? I don't know. But this isn't a propeller bloody situation, is no. it? No. Okay, okay, no. okay, 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 okay. He almost a, died, but not in that gruesome a way. Well, not a bloody a blade way, more of a waterboarding drowning, drowning. way. Yeah. Oh, God. Obviously, he could not put his hands down and push himself up as there was only water. Yep. In front of him, and his weight kept his board from being dislodged from the boat. He was literally <laughs> stuck upside down oh, no. into the water. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Now, I am a very weak swimmer. Deep water is my biggest fear. I oh, fucking great. froze. Oh, good. The shame I still feel that I didn't immediately jump into action still clings to this day and always will. My friend, however, drove past me, dove past me, got under him, pushing him up every couple of seconds for breath, so they must have been moving. The dad and two other guys jumped behind him, grabbing his hand, and he uh, extended behind him to gain enough leverage to pull him back. So Couldn't they, they just were- knock the fucking wakeboard off the lip of the boat? I don't yeah. know. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know wakeboarding. I, I'm not challenging their decision making in the moment, but I'm just like visualizing this. And it's I guess. Like, oh, I God. guess not, since they had to basically just like pull him up for breath. Ugh. Emergency. Yeah. I feel and- like I can't weigh in because I was so far off on the finger butthole situation in that <laughs> scenario that I just <laughs> I don't trust myself. To get this right. I don't so, either. I'm not questioning this account of events. I'm not even going to try to wrap my head we around it. We were so it. far off on the finger. So wrong. Yeah. My we theories were. made the most sense. An owl, an owl would have down. made more sense. Owl yeah. theory. Yeah. Owl theory. After, <laughs> after owl theory. After snapping out of it, I finally ran over and started trying to loosen his bindings so that he might be able to slip free and completely into the water. After what seemed like ages, but was probably only five minutes, that's still a long long enough to to drown. (laughs) It's a long, it's a really, when it comes to water, that's a really long time. Of my friend pushing him up for breaths and the men pulling from behind, they were able to yank hard enough to get him upright and back on his feet. I cannot tell you the relief I felt that this person whom I stupidly yet unintentionally put in danger was alive. I cannot imagine the alternative. I still feel ashamed to this day, but hope he knows that the situation was completely accidental, and I hope he's doing well. And we've been married for eight years. (laughs) Now, when's the resolve? Uh, The only resolve is... I'm a lot more cautious now around water. No. (laughs) Lord. That was bad. I mean. (laughs) I mean, it was totally. It was innocent. It was just a stupid. It was a stupid. It was a stupid moment. Flirt move. It was a stupid moment. Boats are really dangerous is my only takeaway. Like you. Uh, you just gotta also, be I, so careful. I've never seen. I feel like whenever I've seen like my friends wakeboard, 
they like they have like one foot strapped in and not the other and they jump in and then like lean back and finish strapping up in the water well because like even if that were the case that wouldn't have helped this guy well yeah i guess not i don't know i don't don't know know. you just gotta be so careful around boats man Boats yeah. are no joke, as we talked about in whatever the fuck episode we Sailing just did. Crimes. Sailing crimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got a horrific bruise and burn on my leg because a a, a line was wrapped around my leg mm-hmm. and, a, and a boat started pulling the boat that I was in. Right. And like, you can't, you can't anticipate the torque and the no. force that mm-hmm. goes along with with boating because you feel like oh we're in water like it's boating it's like fluid right. but like no no mm-hmm. it's it, 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 it is dangerous. as if there are two cars on the road mm-hmm. like, without any lines yeah right yeah yeah and the and the vibe west. is everybody is like kind of drunk. drunk yeah oh yeah yeah oh I don't envy this person, but I'm also glad that the wakeboarder is okay. Yeah, I'm glad everyone survived <laughs> right. <Yeah>. your <laughs> attempt yeah. at flirting, your <laughs> deadly flirtation. <laughs> don't ever flirt with anybody else ever. Oxygen's <laughs> next show. <laughs> deadly <laughs> flirtation. <laughs> oh, but actually, though. I'd watch I that know. show. Though. I would I'd watch the watch fuck out of that. All right. Yep. <laughs> Let's hear a quick word from our sponsors, shall we? I, like many of you, are spending a whole heck of a lot more time at home these days, mm-hmm. which means a lot more quality time with my cats. <laughs> She's very happy about it. It's the silver lining for sure. And if you have cats too, you are also spending more time with the necessary evil, a.k.a. the litter box. Mm-hmm. And when things heat up outside, aromas tend to intensify Mm. indoors. Mm. And that is so real. I was previously just kind of able to, like, just kind of ignore them. Like, they're in the basement. It doesn't matter. But now, like, I'm actually having time to keep up on the laundry, which is also in the basement. So I'm, like, fully faced with the issue that is the litter box. All the time. It's not great. Mm -hmm. No. Summer isn't playing out how I imagined, but at least it won't stink, literally. And that is thanks to Pretty Litter. Again, since I'm home a lot, I need my place to be a comfortable, stress-free zone. And thankfully, Pretty Litter is less maintenance and keeps my home smelling fresh. It's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, and it lasts up to a month. This is no joke. This sounds like an exaggeration. I made the switch to Pretty Litter, and I could not be happier with it 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 seriously smells so much less it's less dust it's just less like stuff on the floor you know around the litter boxes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my basement tends to get very humid so that just adds to the grossness of the litter box back when I used like clay litter Mm. this has changed the game Mm -hmm. as a person who has occasionally cat sit Oh, I can appreciate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pretty Litter is safe for your cat and friendly for the whole household. Many conventional litters contain irritants that can aggravate allergies and asthma. But Pretty Litter's super light crystal base minimizes mess and dust so that you can breathe easy. Pretty Litter arrives safely at my door in a small, lightweight bag. 
really cute packaging, I also want to add. Oh, can appreciate. Shipping is free, and I never have to worry about running to the store, which is pretty important these days. Mm-hmm. But above all, here is why Pretty Litter is my favorite. It changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illness, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. So that's great. Cats obviously don't speak English, and they also purr when they're both happy and in pain. So like, cool. Mixed messages. <laughs> And it just gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that I can just, like, take a peek in their litter box and, like, yeah, I can tell if something's wrong. That's great. Mm-hmm. So save yourself. Make it a no-stink summer with Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code GALS, for 20% off. Prettylitter.com, promo code GALS. Treat yo kitties. Treat them. Joining us today, we got a special guest. Her name is Antoinette Stevens. She is a fucking badass, and we will get to it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, basically, we wanted to invite Antoinette here to talk about comedy, because Antoinette is a comedian, um, and how that kind of intersects with some more serious issues, such as, you know, crime, violence, maiming, blood, Etc. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Antoinette, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have a chat with you. Yeah, awesome. So, just to start us out, you are a fucking badass. Like I said, you. It it cannot be said enough. (laughs) I will (laughs) say it again and again. (laughs) You established, uh, among other things, the Black Urban Professionals of Des Moines, and you helped to create Iowa's first Girls Who Code Club. Hello. And you also started the nonprofit Reboot Iowa. So, my question is can you tell us a little bit about these things and also how the fuck? Do you do all of this? Like, what is in that yeah. smoothie? No, when do you sleep? When what do is you in sleep? that smoothie? <laughs> yeah. um, I have ADHD. I'm pretty sure it's undiagnosed. But I hear hyperfocus is a part of that. So I'm sure I okay. should probably go see some. We should all be concerned. I feel I personally offended because I do have diagnosed ADHD. And I will tell you right now, that is not a symptom that I got. Like, hyperfocus <laughs> and the ability to, like, manage a million tasks and like make a difference yeah. in your community hell no. yeah i can hyper focus on animal crossing that's about it yeah exactly you can hyper focus on rewatching the office a lot oh god yes I right. sure. yeah um so i moved to iowa from georgia in 2015 after graduating from college to work for a company out here um I promise you, I only moved out here because I, I really didn't have to try too hard to get the job. Like, <laughs> I interned twice, and they're like, "You want to come work full time?" Like early in my final semester, and I go, "So I don't have to try in school anymore." Of yes. course, I want to. Of course, I want to come. Senior work slump. Get it. <laughs> I went to my professor and was like, "Sees get degrees, Bradley." I called him by his first name, and then like left. <laughs> Holy shit, that's ballsy. Badass. I'm telling you guys. C's <laughs> get degrees is a tattoo that I need. <laughs> I will credit you. Um, but I started Black Urban Professionals first because I didn't have any black friends here. Mm. And it was like very important for my well-being. I came from a predominantly black community in Georgia. 
And then a lot of my friends at UGA, uh, the college I graduated from, were also black. And so I got here to Des Moines, Iowa, moved to Clive, which if you're from Des Moines, you know, is not a place you go to meet black people. No, Clive is yeah. white. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wh- whiter than Des Moines? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's the suburbs. It's like, it's, uh, yeah. you know, urban sprawl central, but like not even. It's like very... Uh-huh. It's it's basically rural, honestly. Mm. Leanchin yeah. is spicy. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got if you've it. ever seen Pleasantville, like, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. it's like that. But I I got thrown off because in in my town in Georgia, like we live twenty minutes east of Atlanta, so all the suburbs around Atlanta were basically like their own cities that had their own life. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's not how Des Moines works. So um, I started Black Urban Professionals to connect other uh, transplant Black professionals with one another. And it actually worked out for a really long time. It's still fairly active, but I've stepped back from being the leader just because um, like last year, maybe two years ago, I reached a point where I felt like I was doing way too much and slowed down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You needed to sleep <laughs> is what you mean. Yeah. Self-care. Yeah. That's yeah. a hard decision to make. I like good for you for stepping back from something you created to mm-hmm. like make sure that you could keep creating in other areas too. Oh yeah. You just wait. I also shut down Reboot Iowa um, like two to three years after I started it for that very same reason. That one um, I started because I thought that uh, I wanted to create a more technical Iowa basically. Mm. I meet a lot of adults who, when I tell them what my profession is, which I'm a security engineer, I'm met with a lot of, oh, you must be really smart. And I'm kind of like, well, I am smart, but I wouldn't say I'm like smarter than the average bear. You know, I Google a lot of things for my job. I think anybody could do that. Well, as Um, someone who doesn't know what a security engineer is, (laughs) (laughs) you're certainly smarter than at least one person on this call. Yeah, you're you're smart. (laughs) You are. I'm not denying my own intelligence, but I think a lot of people downplay their own skills when it comes to tech. So I used to give uh, Facebook seminars and Skype seminars to a lot of like elderly communities. Um, oh, you're a lot so of patient. Living. Oh, my God. Oh, my you're God. a fucking my saint. Ultimate that sounds nightmare. like, yeah, that's <laughs> if you want to manifest our hell, you just did it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is I won't help my parents with anything. They're probably yeah. so bitter. <laughs> They're oh. so bitter about it. <laughs> my uh, mom, <laughs> a few years ago, she's she's had an iPhone for a while. She just, in the last 18 months, learned how to text. It's hilarious. And she also has Twitter, which I don't understand how she got it. But (laughs) so sometimes she will tweet at me and think that she's texting. (laughs) I got your ointment. (laughs) (laughs) Is it still burning? (laughs) Oh, no. Has it spread to your face? (laughs) It's a problem. I cannot. Well, she, her mom also once asked, uh, Kenyon suggested that she get an Uber. And she goes, I don't have an Uber phone. <laughs> <laughs> but see, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people are just, there's so much out there. And it's very easy to get confused. I got a lot of questions about browsers and whether or not they're free and things <laughs> like that. And it's oh, stuff wow. where, like, we grew up with this stuff. Yeah, and right. you don't know until you know. Right. We were bred in it. You have to think like a lot of our parents, my parents are boomers. They 
were full grown adults before they ever saw the first cell phone, which was the cancer stick. Right. And like they've had to watch technology boom in such an accelerated pace that it's probably very difficult to keep up. Mm -hmm. It's very bewildering. And you are a few years younger than us. Is that right? I think you're. I'm 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so baby, you like really grew up with it. We, I'm like very conscious of when we like got our first computer and had right. dial up internet and like all of that is a very solid memory for me at pushing 33. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, yeah, 27, like you really, that was just always your life. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I remember dial up. Um, my dad was very tech savvy and had a lot of computers at like when I was a very early age. So I have memories of it. I've also been drawn to computers. So I think I, I remember it more just from that. Um, but I reached a point where I realized I couldn't make Reboot Iowa into what I really wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to me, that signaled that it was time to shut down just because I, I don't believe in continuing to run a nonprofit if I knew I'll never fulfill the mission. Yeah. Mm. God, you're smart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate that. (laughs) So these are all pretty serious and also important endeavors. And you are also a comedian. So do you think (laughs) that humor ties into like your communication skills or how you present a certain topic, even if it's not something super serious, like, you know, teaching elderly how to use their jitterbug or something like that? (laughs) So fun fact about me and comedy, I actually started uh, with comedy in February. I took, yeah, I took a stand up. February of 2020. Yeah, I am brand new, but I have two shows coming up. I'm doing, I'm doing the work. So exciting. Tell us everything about these shows that you have coming up and this journey because I am so pumped about it. I'm really excited to share. What made you decide to like take that leap? Yeah. One of my really good friends in town, Sid Juarker, opened a club called Teehees and had a stand-up comedy class there. And I am probably an overly supportive friend. (laughs) Like (laughs) anything my friends try, I am there to like root them on because I am like, I am the type of person who will see something and be like, ah, oh, I want to try that and then go do it. And I have so many people who support me. That's called every genius, single... though. That's what that's <laughs> called. <laughs> I try a lot of different things. I, I've like had a lot of different weird jobs. I danced for the Barnstormers. I was a bus driver in college. It's literally, there's no pattern. <laughs> this is like a list of things that I would be terrified to do. Drive oh. a large vehicle, <laughs> do stand-up <laughs> comedy, dancing, teach old people anything related to technology. I also love that this list is... So all over the place. It's yeah. so yeah. manic. I have so many random interests. I was. I just want to pursue them all because, like, life is short, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the way I think of it is, there's nothing stopping me from doing something. Like, if I fail, then you know, at least I did it. Yeah. Um, oh my God, you might inspire me to like do something. <laughs> ever <laughs> to put down my switch. Right? <laughs> Should I look at like someone in the eye and have a conversation? Is that <laughs> no? I don't know. That's, that's too a, risky. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot. That's a lot to ask for. <laughs> I'll start smaller. I'll start smaller. <laughs> but so I started the comedy class in February, mainly because I wanted to support Sid and Teehees. But also I do public speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk at conferences, mostly about tech. And I was like, you know, I'm willing to try this. Even if it doesn't go anywhere, I'll probably learn something new about public speaking. Turns out, if I do say so myself, I'm pretty fucking funny. I'm sorry. Can yes. I yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah, we've gone I think too I'm long without funny. a fuck. So actually, we should <laughs> probably just say it like a few times in a row to like get back up to par. Wait, yeah, we have a quota. Yeah. Fuck, 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 Shit, cock balls, cunt. <laughs> okay. Just <laughs> covering our bases. So since you just started this comedy endeavor like have you noticed any change in style in like your communication or because I guess I'm I'm asking these questions because we our podcast between the three of us we get asked a lot um like where our boundaries lie because it's a true crime comedy podcast which is a really odd intersection Mm -hmm. yeah and there are certain subjects that we just that that just like aren't fucking funny like Mm -hmm. for example we will never cover like school shootings because there's right nothing fucking funny about it but Mm -hmm. you know you find headlines about like a thief who fell through the ceiling at the 7-eleven like that's into a grease trap into a grease (laughs) like that's funny so how do you kind of have you started exploring like where boundaries lie in terms of like what's funny and what's not particularly you as like a community leader and in these like really volatile political times Mm. yeah so I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately um and I reached out to someone and I asked them I was like how do you write jokes about something that hurts you Mm -hmm. and I think the best advice he gave me was to just write and then come back to it when you're less sad and see where the punchlines are. Um, so I've taken that, but also I think you have to find the absurdity in a situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the levity comes is to see something so absurd that you can poke at it in a way that everyone else sees how absurd it is. So while school shootings aren't funny, there right. might be something surrounding it that is mm-hmm. so absurd that it's something you can call out in a way that is nuanced and funny without trying to make school shootings themselves funny. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So like me personally, for example, uh, the issue with with like police shootings, Mm -hmm. I've I've cried on and off for weeks. It's a lot. But uh, as I was like talking to a friend one day, I started riffing because I was like, you know, it's if I ever get killed, do you ever think about how boring heaven sounds? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, girl. Yes. Seriously, like, so boring. If you think yeah. about all the people and things that they say will get you to hell, like hell mm-hmm. sounds like a party. Yep, I think definitely. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's nothing about heaven that I can even remotely re- like relate to. Well, none of my friends would be there. Well, right? yeah. Not a all. one. Yeah. Also, like, I part of me hopes that there isn't an afterlife because, like, wouldn't just eternal sleep sound amazing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, but how rejuvenating. <laughs> but see, like, that's something where I told that joke at an open mic and I think people meet, like, since I was the one who, who said it and I was like, if I ever get killed by a cop, everyone immediately went, oh. And then I'm like... <laughs> 
But let me tell you. <laughs> let me but tell wait, you, this isn't more. going where you think it's going. The worst part would be how fucking boring Kevin <laughs> is. Yeah, I think it's so exactly. cool, though, that you're kind of embarking on that as a part of your platform because it's obviously this is a part of your life and these are issues that you are discussing with your friends and your loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing so many things, especially like through viral videos on the internet um, of comedy routines that are really like opening people's eyes mm -hmm. and getting to the root of those very challenging conversations in a way that's almost like... <sighs> Not, I don't want to say palatable because it's like nobody is out there doing this with the intention of making this conversation palatable because fuck it's that. It's unexpected. That's like, it's like right. a Trojan horse. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I really think comedy has taught me how to talk to people, mm -hmm. um, which I already knew, but I think it's given me a different form of communication to like, kind of take them off their guard. I think a lot of people, when they start conversations about something heavy, kind of approach it with their guard up ready to argue because that's usually how contentious things work right i think me being a comedian and someone knowing i'm a comedian ace puts them off their guard a little bit because mm -hmm. like uh this comedian won't be mean her on stage personality is this thing and then i'm i'm not mean like i'll say this and then i think it's taught me to get very to the point with what i'm trying to say right and then oh, be done yeah. with it mm-hmm and how do you find audiences in Des Moines? Are you mostly performing locally or? Yeah, all local right now, uh, mm -hmm. especially with the pandemic. I'm kind of freaked out mm -hmm. about doing yeah. any, like, too we much of anything. Mm -hmm. Gotta yeah. be careful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Tiki's mm -hmm. is pretty rad, though. My friend Bethany either worked there or still works there, but it's a really cool spot and it's I feel like yeah. pandemic aside, you'd have a great audience pretty regularly. Right. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, I've like had a really great audience. Um, I don't think I've ever I haven't been heckled yet. I'm not really looking forward to that. Oh, your time um, will come. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I have no doubts about it. I've actually been working really hard to be quicker witted, um, which I already kind of have a smart mouth, but in a way that's still funny without being mean, because I'm not trying to have anyone like try to fight me on stage. Or okay. Anything. Mm -hmm. I have an idea. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Just to get the juices flowing and like just to have this in your back pocket. <laughs> get one of those like old school. It almost looks like it comes in like a McDonald's Happy Meal uh, fart machines where it's just a button that you press and it's a different <laughs> fart every time. And then if somebody heckles you straight faced. Do not even acknowledge it. Just press the button into the mic and just let the heart do the work. And then that gives you That's a minute a to catch up, to catch your breath, and then let just, the fart just do let the, the fart work. do the work. And then just launch forward on the wings of that fart. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a comedy away. professional, but this is pretty much exactly what I would do in this situation. I was so going to say, that's, that's very Amanda Brand humor. It's so passive oh, aggressive. It's very Minnesotan. It's so <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> fart, walk away. Fart, walk away. I just want to be able to go, uh, like, 
immediately shift gears with no prompting and be like, you know what, Sarah, I'm going to finish out this set with five full minutes of just roasting you personally. <gasps> yes. I would love that. Oh, that's yeah. like an Alan move. We yeah, got, I mean, yeah. that basically inspired one of our most popular episodes of all time. <laughs> yeah, we did an episode called White Male Terrorism because we got an email from a man named Alan who mm -hmm. the first email was kind of like telling us that we're funny for women or, you know, something for a bunch of bras, for a bunch of for bras. skirts. <laughs> and so we responded like <laughs> condescending. Cool. But, you know, thanks for your feedback, I guess. And then he his next email was just this bizarre tirade against immigration, is, basically is, is, Islam and, and guns. Yeah. And, and we're just like, so oh, fucking xenophobic. God. So, yeah, white male terrorism was born out of that email. And, and we dedicated the whole episode to him. To Alan. <laughs> and like read his email because anything that's emailed to us like through our website has a disclaimer that's like, if you email us, we have full ability to read this on the show. So yeah. we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he, and we didn't identify him or anything. Like we're not trying to like, well, his you know. first name. And Whatever. his last name and his address and phone number and social security <laughs> number. But he was super chill. But he should not have emailed us that in the first place, in fairness. And then right. tripled down on it because he, like, kept emailing us. And yeah. it was, like, by email three that we were like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Sir. Yeah. So, yeah. Dedicated that, to Alan. That spotlight, man, it has a way of shutting people the fuck up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But also a, a, a fart machine. <laughs> right. If that fails, you at least have this backup recommendation that I feel like is very solid and professional. <laughs> Bring it into meetings. I mean, what's stopping you? What's keeping this on the stage? Get a pocket-sized fart machine. <laughs> You'll be shocked at how frequently you use it. <laughs> it will pay for itself or in no time. Or lie and say you're using it when you actually just legitimately farted. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> Antoinette, do you do you feel though, as like a professional and as like a young professional and also a comedian, do you feel like you need to compartmentalize those two lives, or do you think that you know are you comfortable at work just being like, yeah, I'm also you know a stand up and whatever. Oh, they can't get me to shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I completely merged those worlds. I don't feel like I have anything to hide. Mm -hmm. um, I think when it comes to my my personal style of comedy, I tend to stay away from things that will hurt people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very much a do no harm kind of person in general. So like, I I don't make trans jokes. So mm -hmm. I don't make jokes that are offensive to people. Mm -hmm. And some people do, and that's their prerogative and their business. But I personally don't want to be that type of comedian. Mm -hmm. So in my set... I don't know what you would find in there to be upset about because I mostly talk about myself. Oh, um, well, unless I mean, you are such Karen like a, can always yeah. find it. <laughs> unless you're a therapist and you're like, ah. Uh. But I mean, <laughs> I, I feel therapist, like your therapist I'm is good. like, you told me that in confidence. <laughs> <laughs> your therapist How dare you is also like, work through your issues in this other perfectly healthy way <laughs> <laughs> for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a joke about like me not allowing myself to be fat shamed in Des Moines because P 
people here basically worship a cow made of butter. I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The Butter Cow Festival. It's now like a separate thing. What the fuck is that? Yeah. It's so glorious. they're trying to, like, I get what they're doing. They're trying to support vendors, but it's still a hilarious name. I'm going to make fun of it. We also have, it's like, Bacon Fest. It's yeah. called the Butter Cow Festival. Well, yeah. they, they canceled the state fair for 2020. Right. So they had right. to do something with the Butter Cow. <laughs> it was already made and, like, set oh, yeah. aside in the Oh, freezer. it's been made yeah. for months. They reuse the same butter every year. Oh, God. God. Oh, the rancid butter cow festival. No, it's kept in a it's kept in a freezer. We've talked about this before. I blocked it out clearly because I am very grossed out. I thought I my reference point was the butter heads at the Minnesota State Fair, and those are new every year, to my knowledge. They are. Mm. It's you get you you can watch them carving them. So you can see the freshness of the butter. Yeah. I don't know. Antoinette is like, I'm moving back to Georgia. I cannot. This I is can't the with the Midwest. Worst conversation I've ever been a part of. Oh my god. She just hangs up quietly. <laughs> Antoinette has left the chat. I would not blame you. But yeah, oh, there man. isn't there isn't much I think in there that could get me in trouble professionally. I would love to see someone try. It would just be like become a part of my set. So, I mean, fart machine yeah. I baby. like to believe that the the culture of comedy in a lot of ways is moving in more of that direction too, especially as like young comedians from I mean, I guess our generation and your generation, which are not far very distant, um are a little bit more socially conscious and a lot of those like Self-deprecating humor is always going to be incredible and flawless mm-hmm. and perfect. But going after <laughs> other people is just these days really looks like lazy comedy and just low-hanging fruit. Absolutely. Oh, I think so for sure. It's just yeah. not it's not funny. Like you go back and you look at some of these old routines with these like shitty old white dudes who are just making fun of other people and it's like mm-hmm. what is funny about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. George it looks Carlin. like punching down. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So here's a question for you. You s- you don't do comedy that offends anybody. However, as we've learned from so many fucking viral videos lately, that people take being challenged mm. uh, to, uh, offensively. So, like, mm-hmm. are you kind of creating your own line where you're just kind of like, well, if you're offended by, like, that, then go fuck yourself? Or is it just, like, you know, just kind of, really backing away from from challenging people and if that's the case oh no I'm not doing that at all okay good (laughs) I I feel like I absolutely have no issue writing things that challenge people Mm -hmm. um uh so there's a distinction I like to make when thinking about this there's a difference between being offended and being harmed by something Mm -hmm. Mm, absolutely I have no issue if someone is offended with something I said there is, however, a problem if something I've said has done harm mm-hmm. to a person or a group of people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the line of distinction that I try to make. Like, trans jokes do harm Absolutely. because they dehumanize people who are yep. being murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I make a joke about a lifetime supplies of ranch given to some woman in like small town Iowa, she can be offended by it, but that does no harm. Uh, in that fact, it does is her heavenly. A service. In fact, she should just feel blessed to <laughs> sit down. She's simply benefiting from that transaction. I would not benefit from that transaction as someone who I thoroughly hates ranch. I I'm a blue would. cheese gal. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get <Easter>. out. <laughs> Get um, out. I think I think that's a beautiful distinction, and I am completely going to steal that and 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 try to remember that because that I feel like I have tried to articulate that idea super poorly for mm-hmm. a long time, and you just summed it up really, really perfectly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I I don't want to do harm. A, offense is like a personal thing. It's very yeah. subjective. We, Any Karen on the street can be offended by something, but mm-hmm. most of it's just bullshit. Wearing yeah. a mask. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, I we get a lot of emails from folks who are like, you're... You when you make fun of Florida, it's hysterical. But you when you made fun of Ohio, and that's where I live. And now I'm not listening to the show anymore. Like, okay. and it's like, sorry, okay. you feel that way. Okay, <laughs> we make fun of every state. <laughs> At least you're not Wisconsin. I was just gonna say, thank God you're not or from Saint Wisconsin. Or St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> that dark, shadowy place over yes. there. Yes, <laughs> you must never go there, Simba. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like people can find offense in anything. I think harm is hard to prove and it's very uh, like objective. Mm-hmm. Um speaking mm-hmm. of every Karen on the sidewalk, yesterday I witnessed firsthand at a meltdown over wearing a mask inside Best Buy. Oh for oh, God's God. sake. Really? The, I want details of that. This was I've in, been waiting to witness something. Oh my god, I got I want to s- see if I'm like quick enough to pull my phone out. Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah. I got so excited and I kind of only caught it at the tail end, but there was a person in like the, like the vestibule, like the entry vestibule of the Best Buy in West Des Moines off of university. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. And there's a guy sitting at the, at the table wearing a mask and he's like asking everybody to put on their masks or like, here's a free N95 mask you can have, which are Mm -hmm. like a buck and a quarter each. Like it was kind of impressive that that, that they were handing them out. I might go get one and just leave. Yeah. You should. (laughs) Best Buy is giving out N95s. But this guy was like, I don't see the reason why I I don't need to wear a mask in here. And he's like, well, you do because it's private property. Yeah, you also need to wear pants. Yeah, no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. So the guy reluctantly took the mask, looped it over one ear, and it's still hanging down, and he just said, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. Oh, oh my okay. God. And the guy was like, thanks, Dude. sir. Have a great day. And then I told the employee that he Best was doing. Best Buy is shaking in its boots. Yeah. <laughs> I told the employee that he was doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine yelling, you'll be hearing from my lawyer at really anyone, but over <laughs> a floppy it's- piece of fabric you have to wear for eight minutes while you go pick up like. A new set of batteries. Oh, here's the the 40 year old man version of Do You Know Who My Father Is? Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. And here's the funny part. He we were in there buying new phones, so we were there for like two and a half fucking hours because that is such a process. Yeah. But the guy was at the Geek Squad counter for like 45 minutes getting his shitty laptop fixed, and then he went over and like fixed because it probably had so much porn like spyware <laughs> and like viruses oh, on it. This dude, you could tell he's been kicked out of many a little league games just like by the way that he <laughs> yelling looked. at the umpire by yeah. the sheer redness of his neck. And he neck. doesn't even have a kid on the team. He just goes to yell <laughs> at the umpire and get out of his feelings. Threatening legal legal action. Yeah. And then he went over and was 
browsing the GoPros and Corey and I were just watching him like, are you, could you be any worse? See, oh. I'm telling you, this is where the quick wit comes in. Because if I were that employee, I would have been like, sir, people who have lawyers on retention don't shop at Best Buy. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, poor oh, best. And then Corey w- And then Corey went outside to get something out of his car, and he came back in, and he jokingly said to the man in the entrance, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna call my lawyer, or you'll be hearing from my lawyer." Uh, but he was mm. smiling, but the man couldn't <laughs> tell he was smiling like it was a joke, and he goes, "Excuse me." Because he's wearing his mask, I know. so you can't see half of his face to get context of the joke. I know. So Corey just double threatened this poor little teenager that's been given this awful job he of freaked. gatekeeper of the Best Buy. He freaked him the fuck out. I saw his face. I was like, don't do that again. <laughs> I love poor it. poor 17-year-old kid has just gone home in tears. I'm like, oh. I- <laughs> Probably Way below his pay grade or above his pay grade. Oh, which yeah. one is it? That's a be above his. <laughs> How pay do I grade. tell a joke? <laughs> Just go back to self-deprecation. That's what you're best at. I <laughs> am best at that. <laughs> All right, Antoinette. Just to round us out, um, tell us where we can see your upcoming shows. Assuming that you know we're able to attend them, <laughs> um, well, on social media and all the places we can follow you. Yeah, so you can follow me at Antoinette Stevens Comedy on Instagram and Facebook, and I have two shows coming up. One on the 18th, which is the Comedy Kickback at Teehees. There are two shows at seven and nine thirty, I believe, or maybe seven thirty and a nine. One of those. Um, And then I have another show on the 25th, which is an all-lady lineup. Uh, Once again, two shows. Cool. Well, I'm going to try to make it to your show on Saturday. That sounds fucking fun. Please do. Do you have, like, social media? Or are you, you, because you're 27, are you, like, too cool for that? Are we too old? Is social media not a thing anymore? No, I don't don't have TikTok (laughs) on my phone. Uh, I've always felt weird about it being a Chinese app, so mm-hmm. I never put it there. Um, Good call. But you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Antoinette Stevens Comedy. I love awesome. it. Awesome. Literally Amazing. following you right now. Hello. <laughs> thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you so much for like just training us in comedy today and also just how to be uh, remotely as badass as you are because like I, I, mm-hmm. I'm still shook. I can't get over it. And cybersecurity. Do not download TikTok. Oh, mm. no, no, no. That's a personal decision. You do what you feel comfortable <laughs> with. <laughs> She's I challenging don't have, you. <laughs> I don't have a TikTok phone, so I can't do it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> exactly the same. I just got an Uber phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Please don't be afraid as I go through and like all of your posts like an insane ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Here They're it comes. Only like They're only It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, this was awesome. Thank you, Antoinette. We really we really appreciate you taking the time because you've got a lot of shit going on. So yeah. thank appreciate you so it. much. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. You're welcome anytime. Uh, <laughs> like, actually. <laughs> um, anytime. Look, I am here. I have no social life anymore. COVID took that. So. Hard same. Hard <laughs> same. Hard <laughs> same. Okay. <laughs> I'm struggling so much. <laughs> Somebody help me. Clearly. 
can't look at my boyfriend anymore. I only ever look at my boyfriend. Those are the only eyes I ever see in real life. I'll <laughs> FaceTime you yeah. later if you're desperate. Honestly, I think I'm unraveling. Anyway, that was weird. Thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> oh, special thanks this week. Mm. We got Lauren Soloway, who wants to shout out their gateway gal, Lindsay, saying she's an amazing friend and partner in true crime, and I'm so lucky to have her in my life. Oh, wow. gateway gal. That checks out. Thank it you, does. Lauren Soloway. You're so sappy way about Lindsay. <laughs> You're making us feel some kind of way, Lauren Soloway. Thank you, Emma Wallace, for opening up your wallet for us. Don't put up those walls. Wallaces. Thank you to Kelly Taylor. Uh, I feel like you were tailor made yeah. for this show. I got something that needs to be hemmed, and it's not my love for you. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you to Rosa Martinez. Hopefully, a wild turkey doesn't shut down your Rosa garden. Mm, that's good. <laughs> Thank you to Xena White, <gasps> you warrior princess. The warrior princess. Mm. I why is Xena Warrior Princess like not streaming anywhere? I it don't should be, know. and it definitely like informed my sexuality. Yep, that oh, yeah. and Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, they mm-hmm. both did. So mm-hmm. like the Xena Hercules crossover episodes were mm-hmm. like my wet dream. Although mm-hmm. Kevin Sorbo is like a horrible monster, but still, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. But like at the time. Pre, yeah, pre me didn't too. Know. Pre me too. It was before the internet. We didn't know. Pre two. Pre two. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, oh, thanks, Zena White. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I Kevin, hate Kevin Sorbo. Kevin thanks, Zena Sorbo White. ran. Um, we went my to cousin school with, with him and said that he was yep. nice. Okay, that was like the most Minnesotan thing ever. Like nice people can Kevin still be Sorbo terrible. Stories. <laughs> All right. Thank you to Kayla Cordwell. Ah. We're recording well. Oh, we are. Things are going well for us. <laughs> they because are. Because of your support. That was a stretch. Okay. Thank <laughs> you to Avonlea. Mm. Avonlea. 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 Making me want to sell some Avon here. Mm. Contact me at my Facebook page, Lucy slash Avon. I would join your MLM, Avon Lee. (laughs) Gladly. Thank you, Taylor Danielson. Damn, Danielson. (laughs) Danielson. Coming at us with the white kids. (laughs) That was a video that was popular for a, a month. Fucking oh, funny though. It was a I long time ago. Damn, Daniel. Wow. Okay. Thank you to Janae M. I need a break. Mm. <laughs> thank you, Janae. Thank you, Tamara Reiner. Reining us in with your mm. five bucks a month. Can't come. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sarcy Lynn. I'm so Sarcy for my <laughs> pronunciation of this name. Sars Mars. Thank you to Michaela Kinney. 
Uh, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'd give you my left kidney. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ariana Leyarena. Yeah? Yarena? Yarena. Thank you, Ariana, for your donation. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, thank you, Delaney Halcombe. Sorry for the delay in combing my hair. How come you're so generous? How come? How come? <laughs> thank you to Michelle Leha. Ooh. Um... Lay all your love on me. There we go. <laughs> Leia, hardly Noah. Our Princess Leia. Thank you to Claire Lynch. Your donation has been a cinch. You're mm. clearly amazing. You're clearly incredible. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth Carter. Work smarter, not Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Kicking off our $10 a month tier, going to get a fucking patriarchy wine glass. Mm. It's flexible. You can drop it. It won't shatter. It's Unlike us, this glass is flexible. (laughs) (laughs) And unshatterable. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, if I bend over, Mm. I have to like rest for an hour. With my back. Someone gives me a dirty look and I'm shattered. (laughs) Thank you to Nick Dillman. Uh, you are probably great with salmon. Oh, I do like dill on my salmon. King of the mm-hmm. dill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. King of the dill. Thank, Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Miranda Whitaker. Um, <laughs> uh, Miranda Whitaker. hardly know her. Uh, Whitaker hardly know her. I want to make you a Whitaker basket for carrying mm. your goods. What? Mm. Take your $10 a month. <laughs> Thank you, Kaylee Nichols. If I had two nickels and a dime, to I'd rub give together. you all of them. <laughs> Thank you to Ari Tayo. Uh, oh ready to retire. I am ready to retire. I'm feeling pretty tired. <laughs> Thank you to Stephanie Gonzalez. I am fucking gonzo from all these yeah. white claws that I've been drinking during this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get it. Oh, Kenyon, let's swap these. Okay. Thank you to Kenzie Brinkman. I have been on the brink, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kenzie. Uh, and thank you to Amanda Pimbleton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. I am Are consistently you, like, shocked us on Patreon? at your decibel. Oh, like your pitch, your octave. <laughs> <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> what are you like, a size 14? What was you like, a size 10? <laughs> it rubs the... L- okay, we're done. Next. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> I love that meme that's like, it rubs the Trump, or it uh, rubs the Biden on its skin or else it gets the Trump again. Or else it gets the Trump again. Yeah, I mean, it's very... I, no truer meme has ever existed. Never been memed. Yeah. 
I don't want to get the Trump again. Ugh. All right. Kicking off our $15 a month trash, queen or king or both or neither level, we got Alyssa Selberg. You're really selling us on this whole mm-hmm. trash queen mm-hmm. thing. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you to Rebecca Ann Coots. Flamin'. <laughs> it's uh, front page news anytime one of them takes their shit. <laughs> you're a, you're a you to, half. Pull on the North Pole. Yeah, just pull on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Rebecca Ann Coots. I could give a coot about you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's oh, your wait. turn. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Clyde Valentine. Would you be mine, Clyde Valentine? <laughs> Thank you to Katie Fulton, who wants to shout out their podcast with their two high school BFFs called Always the Last to Know. That yes. sounds funny. We should listen to that. That's good. Also, yeah, if you have a promo, send it my way and we'll run it on the show. Terrible idea to start a podcast with your two high school BFFs. Yeah. Just Sometimes it works out. <laughs> Godspeed. Kate, Thank you to... Yeah. Oh, I was Thank just, you to... <laughs> oh, my say. God. Katie Fulton, our hearts are fault. Sorry, that was my fault. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Carly Michelle. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Carly Kenyon is is busy right now. So we're gnarly. We're going to Michelle on down the line. Thanks, Carly Carly, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Bailey Horror. It's (laughs) my distinct horror to serve you, Bailey. Oh, no. I didn't want to take the low-hanging fruit. The Mm. horror. Oh, the horror, Mm. the horror. Okay. Thank you, Anne Catherine. Oh, fuck. Bjornvold. Bjornvold. The great, the largest Bjornvold of twine. I was thinking I think I'm going to buy some of your clogs. Oh. I'm pretty sure you're from Europe somewhere. And, (laughs) oh, baby Bjornvold. We love you so much. (laughs) All right. Can, 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 oh, wait, it is your turn. It's wait, your fault. It, how did this get so I'm I don't confused. know. Thank you. Kicking off our $25 a month tier. Thank you to Jen Bannon. Uh, I'm I'm banning any future Jens because you're my favorite, Jen. We've nice. officially been banned from Red Lobster. That's okay yeah, with us. That happened years ago. Uh, turns out there is a limit on how many Cheddar Bay biscuits you're supposed to take from the bottomless biscuit barrel. Uh, thank you to Lori Hindman. In hindsight, I took too many biscuits and I got kicked out of Red Lobster. Is it my turn? Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's assume. All right, kicking <laughs> off our prestigious $50 a month tier. Yeah. Re- Whoa. Renee Wilcox, you will get to choose a topic and or mm-hmm. wine and or case mm-hmm. 
in an upcoming episode. So shoot and us a quick Rocky email. Out. Shoot us an email, Renee. Thank you so much. As will Taylor fucking Ammons. I mean, Hammond's off to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you. I hope this relationship ends Ammonscably <laughs> so we can maintain this. You're aiming to be Generous. one of our favorite <laughs> cases. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Oh, good. Okay. Our last but not least, a $50 once off from Jennifer Blatz, who requests a daddy Butterfield combo, and I have no idea how to combine those two voices, so we're just going to say, well, Jennifer Blantz, (laughs) I would gladly oblige to being your daddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best I could do. That's a mashup that I was not ready for. No. Uh, But it's okay, because I'm oblacerated right now, so it's (laughs) It's classic. (laughs) I gotta go. (laughs) Blatzic. Thank Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll see you see next you month. See you later. Bye. Whatever Bye. that is, what is time? <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. (laughs) 